Shalom, brothers and sisters. We got um, Brother Sid um, and I have Brother Corey assisting me today. Uh, we want to say, number one, all praises be to the Most High, Ahaya, which is the I Am, and His Son, Christ, or Yeshia. want to give all praises to the Father. Uh, today we're going to go into a lesson on healing and the healthcare system. Today we're going to give you some edification and understanding on why people are so sick today. Uh, I think in this time uh, of vaccinations and flu shots, aid campaigns, HIV, and amongst other things, we need to have some understanding on why people aren't being healed or how to be healed. Um, I know that uh, predominantly anybody who maybe watches TV or deals commercially, they know probably of a man named Benny Hinn. Who uh, is a, I believe he's a pastor, um, Christian pastor, who's known pretty much for healings. And, you know, Benny Hinn is really a show. You know, I, I'm not going to speak down on the brother's work, but, you know, healing is a private matter. It's not for show. Um, you'll see a lot of these uh, pastors on TV or social media where they're doing air punches and, you know, somebody catch the Holy Ghost from across the room, then they start mm -hmm. running or rolling under the pew you know and that's n i wish that when you saw christ healing somebody did you see them break out into a language that nobody have ever heard or start jogging in place or running around the church because that's a demon that's how demons act christ when he healed somebody never acted like that so we want to go into you know healing in the healthcare system i had a brother ask me a few weeks ago um was christ dealing with exorcisms and the answer to that is 1,000% no. Christ wasn't dealing with an exorcism. Exorcism is a agreement of spirits. What the Catholic, people, the Catholic Church would do is they would find out which spirit you're, is dwelling in you. And then they would go get a higher ranking demon to bring that demon to you. And that demon would command the lower ranking demon to leave. And the higher ranking demon would then assume that position. So an exorcism is an agreement. Christ is not dealing with agreements. Cast, Christ is casting spirits out. There's no agreement here. So today we're going to go into, you know, the pandemonium uh, of the healthcare system and show you why um, our people, predominantly the minorities, who you would call minorities, are dying at such a rapid rate. Uh, we're going to identify the origin of sickness and prove to you that there is no such thing as an incurable disease. And we're going to start at Job 13 and 4. Job 13 verse 4 But ye are forgers of lies Ye are all physicians of no value Read that again brother But ye are forgers of lies Ye are all physicians of no value He said ye are forgers of lies The physicians have no value Why is he saying that? Because they'll make up a disease that, So that means they'll make up a lie And then they'll write a prescription Based on the lie there's no such thing as an incurable disease. I don't care what they say. The Most High God didn't make us to be uncurable. And that's actually a play on your psyche because if they tell you, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Johnson, come in the room. I, I got some bad news. They're watching your countenance. You know, you, you know nobody's going to make me believe I have six months to live because he said so. That, that's not going to happen. So the physicians of no value. Why? Because when Christ healed somebody, it was a one-time fix. You didn't have to take a pill every day. So these people are forgers of lies. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. But ye are forgers of lies. Ye are all physicians of no value. Physicians of no value. A lot of times, you know, um, when you're trying to tell your family or friends about uh, certain 
sicknesses or certain ailments that they may have uh, due to side effects from certain um, certain uh, pills or you know prescriptions. They'll say, "What do they say to you?" Well, you're not a doctor. You didn't go to Harvard. You didn't. You didn't get a PhD, which that hurts us to our heart because you know we see you deteriorating, and we don't have to be you know a doctor to see that. Just because you have a white coat on, don't make you God. There's only one person who deals with life and death, the issue of death, and that's Christ. That's that's the Most High. That's not a physician. So the first thing we have to understand is, no matter what they tell you. They're forges of lies and they're physicians of no value. Read that one more time. We're going to move on, brother. Verse four. But ye are forges of lies. Ye are all physicians of no value. It's saying physicians of no value because all sicknesses come from a spirit. And if you know it's a spiritual sickness, then you would know there's a spiritual fix for it. You can't give a demon a pill and then expect it to go away. Imagine Christ saying, you know. Yeah, just take this pill and then, you know, call me back in three days and we're going to see how the side effects are. So all sickness and disease come from a demon or a spirit, an underlining issue. You can't prescribe an inhaler for a demon. You can't give out a a medication or a shot or vaccine for a demon. We're going to prove that to you. Go to Matthew 17, verse 15 through 21. We're going into the gospel. We're dealing with Christ now. Matthew 17, verse 15. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is, he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he's falleth into the fire and oft into the water. Right. So this, this, this young man had a demon of a lunatic, which means he was like bipolar. He was hurting himself. He would throw himself into the fire. Now, the, the proof, dude, that's a demon. Demons want you to hurt yourself. You don't want to hurt yourself. That's the demon in you that want to continue to take those drugs or do things that may be detrimental to your health. Cut yourself. Those, that's a demon. Read that again, brother. Verse 15. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For all times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to the, thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And, and Christ rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. Read that again. And Christ rebuked the devil, and he departed out of to him. To prove you that it was the devil. It was a demon. Remember, he had the spirit of a lunatic. That All of these spirits, you see brothers or sisters walking down the street just talking to themselves and you know have something that's mentally wrong with them. Now, Christ didn't ask him about what his side effects were. He didn't ask, you know, now are you nauseous? Are you lightheaded? Now, do you have any pain in your lower back? See, Christ didn't even deal with that. He went directly to the spirit to show you that all sickness comes from demons. Read that again, brother. Verse 18. And Christ rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Continue. Then came the disciples to Christ apart and said, why could not, why could not we cast him out? And Christ said unto them, because of your unbelief. So so it's because of their unbelief. It's because of our unbelief that we're, you know, we're not healed. Because we believe that if we're feeling sick, that there's a witch doctor somewhere that can give you, uh, you know, a fix that's going to take an instant fix, to say the least. You know, it's because of the unbelief. The unbelief comes from you not knowing that it's a demon. 
If you know that it's a spirit, it's a spirit, then you can, you know, now you can address it. You know, the origin is a spirit. That's why we're going into the origin today to show you what the origin of the sickness is. They'll never go into this in your doctor's office. Your healthcare physicians will never talk about where the sickness came from. They're not taught to, to take care of the origin. What they want to do is they want to compel it to die down a little bit. They're, they're, they're being paid to have you live with it. They're not to heal you, but to make it easier on you living with it. So they're not here to heal you. They're here to, you know, help you to live with it. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 20. And Christ said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Right. So you got to have the faith that you can put down the high blood pressure medication, the diabetes needle, because a lot of times, a majority of times, the sickness is something spiritual, meaning, you know, when you're dealing with a lot of times when you're dealing with high blood pressure, it's something emotionally that's actually going on with you. And you got to you need to, you know, you need to examine what it is that gets you riled up because high blood pressure means that you, you know, you're being bothered. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. We need to see the side effects. Therefore, we can know something's wrong. If you just keep prescribing me a pill for the side effects, I'll never get to the origin. Our key is to get to the origin. We don't need you to give us a medication to, you know, a temporary fix. Because if you just give me a temporary fix, I'll never cast out the spirit that's behind it. So we got to remember that when you're dealing with high blood pressure and diabetes, a lot of times it's something physically an emotion that we're going through that can fix it. You know, if somebody, if I'm being attacked or, you know, I'm irritated, my blood pressure is going to go up. They have this medication, um, what they used to call as statins. Statins is what you call high blood pressure medication. It, it makes the, it brings down your, your heart rate. Now, th- these particular medications used to only be used during open heart surgery. Now they're prescribing them as high blood pressure. They're giving kids high blood pressure pills. So we got to understand that, number one, there's no such thing as an incurable disease. Number two, that every disease and sickness, there's an underlining spirit attached to it. Read 21, brother. Verse 21. How be it, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Read that one more time. How be it, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Exactly. See, so certain spirits and sicknesses only go out through fa- prayer and fasting. And this scripture actually is not even in the NIV. If you check out your NIV, they've taken this whole scripture out and skipped right over it. Check it out. And that's why we don't use the NIV. Because this is some key information that you would need. It says, how be it, this kind only go out by prayer and fasting. So it's only it's certain uh, sicknesses that can only go out through prayer and fasting. Healing is not some show of one man's power. It's actually an agreement between the person who's being healed and the person who, you know, who who's doing the healing. Sometimes it takes, you know, it may take seven days of, listen, we're both going to withstand from food. We're going to come together and pray at this time, this time, and this time. It's not some man who has some power, you know, to, to heal you. This is actually, it takes the faith of the person being healed, the person knowing, you know, the person healing, of course, and it takes obedience, fasting, and prayer. Why does it say that? Because if you have a spirit in you, spirits are insatiable. That means they always want to partake, whether it's eating, smoking, doing drugs, fornication. It's looking to fulfill its flesh, its lust. Now, if you stop eating, fasting, 
from those things, that means you're depriving that spirit and that spirit will leave and find somebody else to go into that's that's satisfying themselves. So you got to starve out that spirit. Therefore, it'll leave. Read 21 again, brother. Verse 21. How be it? This kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Right. So we just wanted to show you how Christ rebuked the devil. The, the brother had a lunatic spirit. He was bipolar. That's a demon. That's a spirit. It's not just, oh, yeah, he, he you know, his environment was just not the cleanest, you know, so he got autism or, or whatever. No, it don't work like that. You're not, no. It don't work like that. Something was introduced into you. Sometimes, you know, it's something you may have done. Maybe you've hurt somebody or somebody have touched somebody or or something in their past and they haven't asked for forgiveness. You hold that inside and now you become sick. So sometimes it takes repentance during that prayer or forgiveness. Maybe somebody did something to you, touched you or something, you know, at a young age and you, you never forgave them. And now you're sick. So some spirits only can go out through fasting and prayer. So, you know, if there's something transpiring in your life and, you know, the medicine and other things are not working. Um, then fasting is prayer. Fasting and prayer is going to be your number one. It should be number one on your list to do it, That's the thing that uh, this was Christ's mouth. Read that one more time. Verse 21. How be it? This kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Right. We're going to prove that to you. Go go to Luke 4 and 31. We're going to stick here in the gospel, you all. Luke 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 31 through 37. Luke 4, verse 31. And came down to Capernaum, Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. Uh, Read that one more time. And came down to Capernaum. And a city in Galilee and taught them on the Sabbath days. See, so Christ was teaching on the Sabbath. Disciples were teaching on the Sabbath. John was teaching on the Sabbath to prove to you that this is in the gospel. This is Christ. Continue, brother. Verse 32. And they were astonished that his doctrine for his word was with power. And that's why a lot of the Gentiles don't like us, especially when you're dealing with men of color. They have some type of, you know, authority in their voices because who we are is just how God made us. And they, you know, this is why they hated Christ, because he spoke with vigor in his voice. He was stern. He had authority. Read that one more time. Verse 32. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. Now, you can only have power if you're 100% sure of what you're saying. If you can't really explain or, you know, uh, put into words what you know is true or what you believe, then, you know, you don't have that power in your voice. You have that power in your voice when you are 100% sure what you're saying is correct. Continue, brother. Verse 33. And in the synagogue, there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil. Read that one more time. And in the synagogue, there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice. Here it is again. Demonology. And right now we're dealing with a demon possession on a high level, high, high level, because people are smoking all types of heroin and all types of drugs, taking magic mushrooms that open you up for spirits. And a lot of the the, the, the drugs are coming directly from the doctor. They're writing the prescription for the heroin, for the, the Oxycontin and, you know, those things that are used from the poppy seed. Read 33 again, brother. Verse 33. And in the synagogue, there was a man which had an unclean spirit of a devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, let us alone. What have we do with thee? 
thou Christ of Nazareth. Right. See, so this was the demon crying out. See, so number one, they knew who Christ was. And they were saying, listen, leave us alone. So they knew that Christ had all authority. Read, brother. Saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Christ of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who art, who thou art, the Holy One of God. See, so the spirit is in total subjection. So I don't care what sickness you have. You have Christ. You've been baptized. You're following his laws. You have the faith. Those spirits are in total subjection to, to Christ, to your God, to, to your belief. And it's all a play. And that's why they have these horror movies. Because, I, and I don't understand who gets entertained by watching demons. But, you know. That's why they make these movies. To, it's a play on you to have you afraid of what's actually afraid of you. Continue, brother. Verse 35. And Christ rebuked him, saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. See, so Christ didn't even deal with the man. He spoke directly to the spirit. See, saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. So Christ understood that it was a demon. He didn't see the brother and say, you know, I need you to take this Tylenol, you know, drink some ginger tea. No, he didn't say that. He rebuked the spirit. That was He didn't even speak to the man. And that's how we have to be. We have to understand that it's not just a sickness. Why? Satan uses sicknesses as a bond to keep you held down so you can't do anything. Because guess what? If I know a brother or sister who's a millionaire, but yet they have cancer, guess what's the only thing that's on their mind every day? Cancer. So what work can you do for the most high? That's all you're worried about. So Satan will use that against you. In, some, in certain instances, for example, you know, a lot of us have come from a different life. We've done a lot of sinning. And once you're doing that sin, it actually prevents you from teaching what's right because you're like, man, I sin so much. I can't really tell nobody what to do. And see, that's what Satan will use. Satan will use that, man. You know, I did this wrong and did that wrong. I don't want to tell him not to do that. So he'll use that as a spiritual bond to keep you from your responsibility. Uh, read 35 again, brother. Verse 35. And Christ rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the, in the midst, he came out of him, and hurt him not. And they were all amazed, and, sp and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirit, and they came out. And when, you, and when you're trying to cast the spirit out of somebody, you have to have that authority and power. Because... You, you can't have a trembling voice. You have to know what you believe and believe exactly what you're saying. Read that last part of your brother. Verse 36. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirit, and they came out. And the fame of him went, and the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. So Christ did many um, healings. Uh, and this was... How his name started to spread. Notice that there's not much healing going on in these churches anymore. Number one, remember, when we read it, started this scripture, it, Christ was teaching on the Sabbath. So that's number one. There's not a lot of healing being done because you're going to, you're worshiping God on the wrong day. That's number one. So first you got to get the day right. At least get that right. That's why people aren't being healed. I used to sit up in the church every Sunday and see the same people that was sick for 10, 15 years. Not being healed. They're giving up all, you know, their tithes, their 10%. They're offering their taxes. Still not being healed. Because it, it's not your money that he wants. He, he wants your obedience. We're going to go to John uh, chapter 5 and 5. We're sticking in the gospel, guys. 
John 5 and 5. John 5 verse 5. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. Read that again, brother. And a certain man was there, which had which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. So this brother was sick for 38 years. Continue. Verse 6. When Christ saw him lie and knew that he had become, that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled. So this brother couldn't walk. He was, you know, paralyzed in a sense. He was limp. He was lame. Continue, brother. Verse 7. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another stepped down before me. Christ said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Read that again. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. So to prove to you that number one, you know, the healings got done on the Sabbath. Because when you read Genesis, Christ said, or the Most High said, you know, his his holy day was the seventh day. Now, I don't care what day you go to church. You can't change the day that God blessed. He blessed the Sabbath, the seventh day. So if you're dealing with some type of infirmity or sickness or ailment, number one thing you're going to want to do is start observing the Sabbath. Talking to the Most High, communicating with them because you have you have communication with God every day. But on the Sabbath to a higher degree. You, to a higher degree. So we always got to remember that the healings, look at Christ's life. He healed on the Sabbath. That's when the majority of healings got done. So, you know, we know it's a lot of people that are sick who go to church every Sunday. Let's try changing the day. Even if you don't go to church, observe the Sabbath, meaning, you know, don't go out spending any money. Don't be at the club Friday night to Saturday and just focus on the most high. Read your Bible, pray to him because he's trying to communicate with you on a high degree on the Sabbath. Read 9 again, brother. Verse 9. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Right. We're going to uh, jump down to John 5 and 14. John 5 verse 14. Afterward, Christ founded him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more. Read that again. Behold, Thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. To prove to you that sickness comes from sin. See, they, they would, uh, 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 preachers and teachers and doctors would never tell you this. He, he healed the man and told him, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. To prove to you that sickness comes from sin. If we knew that, that would change everything. That's why God said they're physicians of no value. Because they'll never tell you that the origin of your sickness came from a sin. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. Afterward, Christ founded him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Right. So we got to look at our behavior. What have I done that may have attributed to my sickness or my ailment? What law have I not followed? Sicknesses, you don't just get sick. That's not a thing where, you know, well, you know, they live down south and it, the health care is not really that good. No, nah, no. Nah. It comes from your sin. And, you know, it can be a little touchy trying to tell somebody this. Um, so I understand because for us, we have the understanding that sickness comes from sin. But when you come to somebody and tell them that, they may be, you know, a little defensive. Because are you saying that I did something to, to warrant this? 
Well, we're not really saying that. You know, the Bible is saying that. I know if something happens in my life, the first thing I'm going to look at is everything the Most High told me to do that I may not be doing. Because that's what brings that, that, that sickness on you. That spiritual bond on you. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. Afterward, Christ findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. So Christ, he judged him. He healed him. He had grace on him. But he said, sin no more. Now, Christ didn't know this man previously. How did he know there was a sin there? Because sickness and disease come from sin. We got to realize that if you do what you want to do, eat the foods that you want to eat. There's a, there's a judgment coming for that before death. And it's probably going to be a short life. A lot of our people, especially down south, you know, I have family that are from down south. And um, a lot of most of a majority of black people are dealing, especially older black people who were born probably before the 80s, are dealing with high blood pressure. But they're eating crab, shrimp, lobster, pork, and all of these things that the Most High said was unclean to us. And we're wondering why we're sick. I, You know, it's, it's funny to me when I see on social media, you know, I'll see a brother or sister putting up some beautiful food. You know, they have, you know, amazing culinary skills. But it's like, oh, yeah, I'm eating some, uh, I'm eating healthy. You know, I got the salad here, and then I got bacon on it, though. And it's just like, yeah, or, you know, I got my, my mashed potatoes, my, my peas in a pod, but then I got, you know, this shrimp. It's like, you, you're working backwards. That's not a healthy meal. You got to put the sin down in order to be made whole. Now, you know, examine yourself. You don't need somebody to tell you what you have done. You know what you've done. The most I know what you have done. It may have been 10, 20 years ago, but you know what it is. You're going to have to confess that and turn away, repent from that sin. We're going to Hosea 4 and 6 because a lot of us didn't know that sickness came from a sin. I, I'm be honest with you. When I was growing up, I, I did not know that at all. I just thought, you know, yeah, he, he smoked cigarettes, so he got cancer. But it's not that. It's something deeper than that. It's something more sinister. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 in the Tanakh. Hosea 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Read that again. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We destroyed a lack of knowledge. What knowledge is that? That knowledge is what? Sickness comes from sin. So if you knew that sickness came from a sin, you wouldn't go to get radio, you know, chemotherapy, which a lot of people don't know. But if you go back into um, when the so-called Holocaust happened, that was actually a torture mechanism. And now they're saying it cures cancer. Do your research. We're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We'll go and get, you know, AIDS. I've spoken to doctors and they've told me flat out that AIDS is not linked to HIV. AIDS is a campaign. It does not exist. They will have you believe that, you know, you're sick, which you may be fighting something off, but it's not AIDS. You may have, you know, low, low white blood count cell because you have a cold or something. Or you maybe you're trying to fight off the vaccine that they gave you. We're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They'll give you what? The AZT drug which is prescribed to people who have quote-unquote AIDS, and that's actually a DNA destroyer. So now you're taking the pills and you look like you're dying because the pills are, t are killing you. And then you'll go back to the doctor and say, what, I need some more because this ain't working. I feel like I'm getting worse. So you go get more death in a, in a vial, in a bottle. This is what he's saying. We're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Read that again, brother. Verse 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, 
that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Right. See, so if you reject this understanding, then don't come to him because he's giving you his word. His word is the Bible. Everything you need is in this Bible. You just need to pick it up. We're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Rejected knowledge means that the knowledge is there to be had. You just don't want it. You only want to hear from a PhD, you know, somebody with a PhD. That's going to, you know, the medical business, uh, the healthcare business, uh, the healthcare community is a for-profit business. They're in the business of you being sick. That's how they, that's how they put their children through school. That's how they go to Cabo. So that's the one thing you have to understand. Uh, 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 the Bible is not going to cost you anything, but you reading it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse six. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Right. We're going into Matthew 9 and 18. Go back to the gospel. Matthew 9 and 18. Matthew 9 verse 18. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead. But come and lay thy hand upon her and she shall live. And Christ arose and followeth him and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with the issue of blood 12 years. So that means she had a monthly her monthly issue, but it was perpetual. She was having a monthly issue, but it was nonstop. Read that again, brother. Verse 20. And behold, a woman which was diseased with the issue of blood 12 years came behind him. And touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Christ turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Thy what? Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. So you have to have the faith that you, you understand the origin, number one, is that it's a demon. That's the first thing you have to understand. Then you have to have the faith that if you confess it and believe that you will be healed, you shall be healed. You must believe. You must believe that the sickness came from a, a demon. You must believe that. You must believe that all things are healable. I tell a doctor, no matter what a doctor have to say to me or my friends or family, I always say, you know, we're going to start with this doctor. You're not taking anything out of me. That's number one. You're not going to come in here and give me some science jargon to make me believe that, uh, you, you know, scientifically, you, you know, Brother Corey, you only need one liver. You don't need both lungs. Nah, nah. The most high put this up in me for a reason, and it's going to stay in me. You can't cut a demon out by cutting off somebody, you know, through having these surgeries for cancer. You can't cut a demon out. You can't do that. That's your temple. The Most High said that your body is the temple of, of God, of the Most High. So we got to watch what we introduce into our Bible. And we're going to touch on that a little bit more here later on in this lesson. We're going to Exodus 1 and 10. Going back into the Torah. Exodus chapter 1, verse 10. Because we're going into the origin of where these sicknesses come from. If it doesn't come from sin, there's only one other place it can come from. And we're going to show you that today. Exodus 1, verse 10. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. Read that again. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. 
And it comes to pass that when there follow when there followeth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. So Gentiles have always wanted to control our population. Israelites are extremely fertile, and that's why they push uh, abortion clinics and vaccinations in our communities more so than they push in Gentile communities. It says, let us deal wisely with them. So wisely, that means they knew that, you know, they couldn't outright tell us that they're trying to kill us. So they would have to deal in a way that was kind of secluded or hidden. Let's deal wisely with them. So Satan is saying, what is Satan saying? Satan is saying, okay, there's demon possession through sin, but that's not fast enough. Even if they don't sin, I need to introduce, I need to find a way to introduce um, sickness and demons and disease into their bodies. They do it through music. They do it through um, television, the things that we're watching. They do it through drug use. And the number one thing they do it through is vaccinations, which you're introducing to your body. Because if it doesn't have an origin, a way in, then you can't be sick. It has to have a way in. So these people said, let us deal wisely, lest they multiply. And if they multiply, they may join up and fight against us. This was the Egyptians here. But the Egyptians aren't different from any other um, Gentile. They all have an issue to take us down. They all have that issue. So they would deal wisely. Let us show you how they dealt wisely with us. We're going to Wisdom of Solomon in your Apographer. Wisdom of Solomon chapter 2, verse 10. Wisdom of Solomon 2 and 10. Let us oppress the poor righteous man. Let us not spare the widow, nor reverence the ancient gray hairs of the age. It says, let us, support, let us oppress the poor righteous man. That's what's going on here. We're going to show you how they're oppressing the poor righteous man. The taxes are even on the poor righteous people. We're being taxed more than the people who make the money. Let us oppress the poor righteous man. How would they oppress us? So we're going to read Wisdom of Solomon chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. One more time. Wisdom of Solomon 2 and 10. Let us oppress the poor righteous man. Let us not spare the widow, nor reverence the ancient gray hairs of the age. Let our strength be the law of justice. Let our strength be the law of justice so they would use the law. How are they using the law against the poor righteous man and woman? They're forcing you to be vaccinated now. See, they're forcing you in school. Through schools, they're trying to force you. And, of course, there's a way out of it, you know, through your quote-unquote religious beliefs. But it's being forced at certain specific jobs also that if you don't take this slew of vaccines, then we're not going to be able to employ you any longer. They're, they're starting in the hospitals. Everybody in the hospital must be vaccinated or we can't we can't we can't allow you to work here. So they're actually making it a law now that they infringe upon our rights by introducing a foreign substance into our body. You're going to find out that not, sin, you know, of course, sin is a way that for you to be sick, but also if you introduce these these chemicals, this biological warfare into your bloodstream, number one, that's a sin. Number two, now a demon. You've just introduced a demon into your bloodstream. A lot of these vaccinations got um, uh, um, pigs' blood in it, cow pus. Look at this. Look at some of these um, some of these ingredients in this, and we know we can't even eat pork, let alone shoot it into our blood. So they are starting to use the law. And as we go, you know, as we continue to go in Jacob's trouble, they'll be more stringent in the law where there will be no 
religious exemption. So, you know, take a look at that. They said they would deal wisely with us. How are they dealing wisely? By using the law to introduce demons into our bloodstream. Read 11 one more time, brother. Verse 11. Let our strength be the law of justice. For that which is feeble is found to be nothing worth. Therefore, let us lie and wait for the righteous. See, so they would lie and wait for us. They know that, you know, we're not really looking to to be in a fight. We're just trying to pay our bills, you know, take care of our kids, stay healthy. And here you go. You got Satan lying down and wait for the righteous. We're going to go to Second Thessalonians 2 and 11. We wanted to show you that these are the two origins of sickness through sin and through introducing these vaccines and flu shots into your children. This is what this is. You know, the parents should really take a listen to this. Because a lot of times, you know, especially when they're dealing with the mother, you know, um, the mother will get, especially you're dealing with a lot of single mothers, uh, they'll get the vaccines because they want their child to be healthy. So they'll, you, the doctors will use the psychology on the women. You know, they don't want to be um, held responsible or accountable for the child not being sick. So l- let me go ahead and get them the vaccine. When actually, in reality, you giving them the vaccine is what gave them the autism. Is what gave him, you know, these neurological um, sicknesses, uh, measles, mumps, uh, whooping cough, all of these things, asthma. These things come from vaccinations, and it's proved. It's proven. Uh, read, um, read number eleven, uh, verse eleven, brother. Second Thessalonians two, verse eleven. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion right. that they should believe a lie. Right. Read that one more time, brother. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. So there will be a strong delusion. That delusion is that what everything that the doctors, the doctor, the healthcare program is not looking to kill you. You can just, you know, you can in America, at least in the Western world. I'm not I know nowhere else in the world, like in Europe, in the Middle East, you can't see these um, these commercials about antidepressants and things of that manner, uh, erectile dysfunction. You don't see commercials like that. That's actually illegal for you to be putting, you know, uh, things for medication, ushering in or pressuring people into taking these types of medications. They only do this in America. So the most High would send a strong delusion that we would believe a lie. We would forget where the origin of sickness come from. We would start taking diseases that we don't even look at the side effects nor the ingredients just to trust what the doctor said. And they're using television and media to push this. Every time you turn the news on, they're talking about these new vaccines and new flu shots and things of that manner. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they might all be damned when be- who believe not the truth. But have pleasure in unrighteousness. Right. So if you, the Most High will always send you a way out. His way out is through his teachers. It's through the Bible. For those of us who may not have a teacher at this point. But he, if you don't believe the truth, which is what is in the scriptures. And Satan have tricked you or placed some type of sorcery on you to where you think that even though doctors are responsible for millions of deaths. Millions of deaths in America. There's there's more infant deaths than any other country, even third world countries. Check that out. Look at the numbers of that. So the Most High is giving you the understanding that it's it's either a, it's a demon. Number one, sickness is a demon. 
whether they it came through sin or through you opening yourself up and allowing them to shoot it up into, up into your bloodstream. It's a demon regardless. A lot of these pills, a pill that would make you want to kill yourself, right? It's like, okay, um, you know, I'm just having a headache. But the side effects may be, you know, uncontrollable muscle syndrome, um, you know, that you can't sleep, anxiety, that you may want to kill yourself. That's a demon. A demon wants you to hurt yourself. How can I'm, I just had a headache. Now you're telling me I'm going to want to kill myself? What is, what is that? These are demons. They have found a way to put it in capsules now through their sorcery. They've come a long way. Look at the, the symbol on the healthcare. It's a phylactery, a snake wrapped around a phylactery. What do you think that is? That's Satan. Satan is controlling the healthcare system. And parents, we got to examine what's transpiring in our life and protect the babies. We got to protect these babies. We're going to go into some of this eugenics today. We're going to uh, Ecclesiasticus 1 and 9 in your apographer. Ecclesiasticus 1 verse 9. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Ecclesiastes 1 and 9 in your regular Bible. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 9. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Right. So everything that's going on now went on in Bible times. Therefore, you can look at the Bible and have some understanding of what's going on through government. They have always tried population control on the children of Israel. They Remember, they were trying to kill Moses at birth. Remember that? So now they found a way to attack the baby before the baby is born. Why is that? They're given prenatals. Look at some of these prenatals. A key ingredient in prenatals is vitamin K. Vitamin K is in rat poison. Check it out. Look at the ingredients on rat poison. You'll see vitamin K. They claim that it's, you know, so a baby can, you know, have a blood clot. No, it's something more sinister. It's an underlining issue. So what what about the vitamins that come from natural food? What about those vitamins? Is that not good enough? Because if you were probably born before 80, you know, 85, 81, your parents probably didn't take prenatals because that's something that's being pushed through media at this time. The first thing they're saying is, you know, take these prenatals just to make sure the baby. No, I'm not doing that because your baby before it's born or even as a young as a young infant can't tell mommy and daddy that it's in pain. So it's it's on the parents to protect the children and do the research and not just accept what a doctor say, because. They're smiling and they're nice. They got, you know, nice shoes and coat. A soft toned voice. Read that one more time, brother. <clears throat> Verse 9. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And the thing which is done, is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, see, this is new? It hath been already of old time. Which was before us. So, but everything we see today have already been planned. They've done this same thing multiple times. This eugenics, this population control. They've always done this on the children of Israel. We want to prove it to you by going into Exodus chapter 1. Exodus 1, we're going to read 7 through 19. Exodus 1, verse 7. And the children of Israel were fruitful. And who? The children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly. 
and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty and the land was filled with them. Right. So the children of Israel were always fruitful. The natives, the Hispanics, the Negroes. There's brothers in jail that's having children somehow. (laughs) So they know that we are very fruitful people. That's why they push uh, abortions. They push condoms and all of those kind of things. Because if we outnumber them, then, then what? And we come together. Then what? Continue, brother. Verse 8. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of thy children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Right. So they were saying, okay, the children of Israel are stronger and there's more of them. What, what shall we do? Continue, brother. Verse 10. Come on. Let us deal wisely with them. So let's deal in stealth. We're going to deal in stealth against them. Continue, brother. Lest I multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our armies and fight against us. Right. And so get them up out of the land. Right. Continue. Verse 11. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Pithom and Ramses. Right. So what, what they've done now is they're attacking us under the clout of philanthropy. They'll take once, you know, in America or the Western world, once you find out that the vaccines are trash, guess what else they say? Next thing they say is, you know what? We're going to take it over to uh, these children, suffering children in Africa. So they'll just go attack somebody who don't have the understanding. Uh, once, one second. In verse 12, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. So, so the more they afflict us, the more they put more weight on us. They cut our hours or, you know, they increase our hours. They cut our wages. We still having children all up in the ghetto. They can't stop us. So they've, they've, they've figured out another way to come through philanthropy. Uh, read, read that again, brother. Verse 12. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage. In mortar and in brick, and in all manner of service in the field, and their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. So as we were, uh, of course, in captivity to the Egyptians, they started to make us work harder. They made our lives uncomfortable. Therefore, they thought, you know, we we wouldn't have a you know a want to want to have a family. They this is what they do. They do this on purpose. It's psychologically. It's not just the Egyptians. It's all the all the Gentiles who have conspired against us. This is what they do. Continue, brother. Verse 15. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives. Read that again. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives. So he started to speak to the nurses. That's why nurses in this community, in this, especially in the United States, are very important. Check out why. Uh, you can read 16, brother. Verse 16. And he came. When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, if it be a son... Then ye shall kill him. Read that again. <clears throat> if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. Now, why is it saying if it be a son? Because they know that the prophets were men. That's why they knew that there was a man, uh, a child to be born, Moses. So they're looking to kill the young boys. Why? Because at this time, women didn't didn't serve in the armed forces. So they were just trying to put a damper on the men, on the babies. Read that last part again, brother. <clears throat> if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. Right, see? So now they found a way to attack the baby silently through t- 
time release vaccinations where you get the vaccination and you don't see a difference right then and there sometimes. Sometimes the effects come in a few months. Therefore, you're not thinking about to six months ago when you took that vaccine or got your child vaccinated. Continue, brother. Verse 17. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them. But save the men, children alive. Right. See, the midwives they feared the they feared the Most High. So they said, "Listen, we're not listen. We're not going to do what we're directed to do." The king of Egypt that was the government. So if the government is telling you, ladies, you know, nurses, even brothers who may be nurses, to poison children or something that you know may be unsafe, then you know, who are you going to follow, God or your government? Continue, brother. <clears throat> Verse eighteen. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have ye done this thing, and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women. Read that again. <clears throat> because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women. See? So the Hebrews and the Egyptians are not alike. You can tell. You can look at our women, how they act, how they dress, how they talk, their likes and dislikes. They are completely different from African women. Um, we don't have a problem with Africans or African women, but the Hebrew women are, are much different. Continue, brother. Verse 19. And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered ere that the midwives come in unto them. Right. So that means they delivered them before they were even a, they came through, came to, you know, for the delivery. So the Hebrew women who are following a higher are lively, that means they're not going to sit back and allow you to kill their children. Not knowingly. So that's changed to some degree now. But we're coming back to the understanding of who we are. Continue, brother. Verse 20. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. Right. So he, if you do what the Most High say, to help build the house of Jacob and not kill the house of Jacob, then the Most High will dwell will dwell well with you. We're going to go to Isaiah 30 and 1. We just wanted to show you that this is a government plan. This is not just your doctors. Your doctors are getting the plan from somewhere else, and we're going to prove it. Isaiah 30. We're not going to just trust you because, you know, you went to, you know, Jimmy Dean High School or, or whatever, or Harvard or whatever college you went to. We're going to follow the Most High. Uh, we're going to read Isaiah chapter 30, 1 through 3. Isaiah 30 and 1. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit. Read that one more time. <clears throat> Verse 1. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. Right. So this is saying you're, you're getting advice. From your doctor over the Most High. You're not taking counsel from the Most High. You see, the first thing you need to do, if you find out there's a sickness or ailment, you need to consult with God first. And then you go to your doctor afterwards. And if your doctor has some type of treatment that is not going to affect your beliefs in God, then you go that way. You don't go directly to the doctor and follow what he says. Hold on. Let me see. Let me, let me check out the ingredients in that. Let me see. Well, you know what? I can't shoot cow pus and, you know, and uh, chicken fetuses and baby fetuses up into me. I'm sorry. The Most High is not dealing with that. No. So we have to take counsel from the Most High first and then deal with the uh, physicians. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 2. That walk to go down into Egypt 
and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh. Read that again. That walk to go down into Egypt and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Right. So they were they trusted the government over the most high God. They started trusting Pharaoh to think Pharaoh had what was, you know, best intentions over God. So are you going to trust what the government say or are you going to trust what God said? That's the key. They were, it says, strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and trust in the shadow of Egypt, which means Pharaoh was government. You trust in what the government said, the CDC says. That's what you trust. Rebellious children is what the Most High causes. Continue, brother. Verse 3. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame, and the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. Right. So because you trust the government and these doctors who are, you know, controlled through the government... The government facilitates their knowledge, their understanding, and their legislation. Read it again, brother. Verse 3. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame, and the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. Right. So you're going to be shame-faced, and you're going to be confused, because you're following what the government says. You're following what your teacher said. You're following what your doctor said over the Most High. We must consult with the Most High God before we consult with anybody else. You cannot trust the government over the Most High God. And that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying here. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus 38 and 4 in your apographer. Ecclesiasticus. Ecclesiasticus 38 verse 4. The Lord hath created medicines out of the earth. And he that is wise will not abhor them. Right. See, the Most High have gave us medicines out of the earth. So a good doctor, a, a good doctor understands the herbs, like a homeopathic doctor. A lot of times when I talk to the doctors about my children, they scoff at me. <laughs> they're like, that don't work. Eating those, eating that herb and that, that don't work because they're not trained in that. What they're trained to do is ask you what your side effects is. Go onto a computer, type in your side effects. That computer will then facilitate a drug to them for your side effects. So they, they don't have the understanding of the herbs. Read that again, brother. Verse 4. The Lord hath created medicines out of the earth, and he that is wise will not abhor them. All right. We're going to read uh, verse 9 and then verse 12. Ecclesiasticus 38, verse 9. My son, in thy sickness be not negligent, but pray unto the Lord, and he will make thee whole. Right. See? Don't be negligent, meaning don't just trust what they say. There's something you can do to be preventative or proactive, and that's praying to the Most High God. He will make you whole. So we're not saying doctors aren't good. If I break my arm or my leg or I need a surgery, I'm going to go there. But for other things, small, minuscule things, I'm not coming in for a mammogram. I'm I'm not coming in for a prostate check. I'm not coming in for a checkup. These are the things that they're trying to do just to get you in the doctor's office. Therefore, they can say you're sick. You don't tell a woman to come put her breast in the machine and shoot radiation to it to make a lump because that's what that's what leaves you with that lump is the radiation. Then they come back and say you have you have a uh, breast cancer. Read that one more time, brother. Verse nine. My son in thy sickness, be not negligent, but pray unto the Lord and he will make thee whole. Leave off from sin and order thy hands aright. And cleanse thy heart from all wickedness. See, so you must leave off from sin to be made whole. You have to leave off from sin. That's why you're sick. I mean, do you want to die or do you want to continue in your sin? 
If your life is not important enough for you to put that sin down, then, you know, you, you're going to be in a tough position. Read verse 12, brother. Verse 12. Then give place to the physician, to the physician for the Lord hath created him. Let him not go from thee, for thee has need of him. Read that one more time. Verse 12. Then give place to the physician, for the Lord hath created him. Let him not go from thee, for thou hast need of him. Then go to the physician. See, after you counsel to the Most High, once you understand that it came, it's a sickness that may have come from sin or from a vaccination, so consult with the Most High, then give place to the physician. If the physician deviate from God's plan for your life or what you know is lawful, then I'm going to have to find another physician. Thank you, sir. But no, thank you. Because why? They're in the business of you being sick. They're in the business of you being a recoming customer, a reoccurring customer. They want to help you live with it, not heal you. They're going to drain you until there's no more money to drain. We're going to uh, Titus. 1 and 15 to show you why sometimes, you know, especially the Israelites, why are we so uneducated on the fact of, you know, the health care? Why do we just believe what they say? Titus 1 and 15. Titus 1 verse 15. Until the poor, until the pure, all things are pure. Read that again. Until the pure, all things are pure. Right. So to the pure, all things are pure. Meaning, you know, we're truthful, honest, loving people. So we're not looking to be deceived. We think that people are dealing with us the same way we deal with them. So to the pure, all things are pure. When you're innocent, you're innocent. Remember, when, when Adam, before he even sinned, he didn't know shame. He just knew truth and having fun. He didn't know that somebody would be there trying to have him stumble. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. Exactly. So those over the healthcare system, those over our government, they're not pure. They're unbelieving. Their mind and conscience is defiled. They're looking to kill us. We're going to find out why. We're going to find out why. Let's prove to you. Uh, let's go to eight, uh, Luke 8 and 33 to show you where the spirits go. Where, where, where's, where do spirits, some spirits find themselves? And you'll find out why we stay away from the pork and the swine. Because they're putting, that's a main ingredient or additive into most vaccines. And see, the, the problem with it is the vaccine is the same, pretty much. Every vaccine is the same. It's just what they tell you it's for. They're all the same vaccine. Do you think, do you know how much it takes to create a vaccine? And they'll just give you that for free? Think about it. Growing up in the in the South, in the hood, the ghetto, we know our parents always told us that it's nothing for free. They're giving you something for free because it's going to shorten your life. Read verse 33, brother. Luke 8, verse 33. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. Read that again. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. Right, see? So when Christ cast out de devils, they went into the pigs. Then the pigs killed themselves to prove to you that they had a demon. They violently went down the hill into a lake and were choked, drowned themselves. That's why we're not dealing with anything that have pork in it. We're not, you're not giving me none of that. If there's pork in some type of ingredient in any of those, uh, any of those, um, those practice medications, I'm not going to be able to take it because I know that's against the most high. 
So if you're trying to get me to take something that have pork or pus or something in it like that, we're going to have I'm going to have we're going to deviate here. We're not going to be able to walk together from here on out because we it shows us that there's demons in foods to show you that there's spirits in the foods. Certain foods have a spirit in them. They can put spirits or pray spirits into your food. To prove it to you, read 33 again, brother. Verse 33. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. Right. So we're going to consult with the Most High. Then we're going to consult with the physician. And the physician deviate from what we know is right. We're not going to be able to partake. And we have to watch those foods also. Because there's a, there have to be a way into the blood, into our body. That's how the demon take place. And we wanted to prove to you that there's demons in foods. There's devils in foods, in certain animals. So you got to be careful what you're putting into your vessel. You can't walk into a Chinese restaurant or a Panda Express or wherever if there's demons and, you know, idols all over the place and then eat the food. Why? Because there can be devils prayed into those foods. Now, I'm not speaking on specific places, but... When you go into a lot of these uh, small businesses, maybe not the, the, you know, the chain restaurants, but you'll see Buddhas and dragons and all types of stuff on the wall. And then we'll go right in there and get uh, beef and broccoli. No, no. That's an easy way for a demon to enter into your vessel. Now, we're talking about healing in the healthcare system. We're going to Psalms 83, 4 and 5 because you're thinking, why would somebody want to pray a demon into my food. I don't understand. Well, we just read that to the pure, all things are pure, and we're going to prove it. Psalms 83. Psalms chapter 83, we're going to read verse 4 and 5. Psalms 83, verse 4. They have said, come, and let us cut them off from being a nation. That the name of Israel may, may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. So all nations have consulted together to go against us. So you got a lot of people that's dealing in the healthcare. Then you got a lot of the Gentiles that's dealing with our foods. Then you got Gentiles that's ruling our government. And they're actually all against us. The Bible says they consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. That's why they're praying these foods, these spirits into your foods. That's why they're putting pork over everything, because they're all against us. They want us to be destroyed and for us to never remember who we are. Read 4 and 5 again, brother. Verse 4. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. To prove to you that you can't trust Anybody who's not following the Most High, and that's majority Gentiles. We're not saying just because you're following, you know, you know, excuse me, that you're an Israelite that we're going to follow you. But you got to be careful when you're dealing with other nations because other nations have other beliefs. They're dealing with other cultures, things that you wouldn't know. We don't think like that. We're, we're slaves. We, we couldn't read until 100 years ago. We weren't allowed to read. We couldn't own businesses. They didn't allow us to own businesses. We were what? Three-fourths of a man. So we're not trying to, you know, you know, we're not trying to attack or, you know, seem as if we're trying to elevate ourselves over our brothers and sisters. What we're saying is you got to open up your eyes and look. I, we're not saying it's a, be racist or anything like that. What we're saying is be careful and watch out for what's going on. 
We're going to read Psalms 83, verse 3. Psalms 83, verse 3. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden one. They have taken crafty counsel. So there's, they're still looking to attack us and kill us. But they're doing it in a stealth way. They can't come right out and fight us with, you know, fisticuffs with fists because our people are, you know, Genesis said that he would make one stronger than the other. So they wouldn't be able to come just fight us outright, you know, in physical or what you would call guerrilla warfare. They would take crafty counsel and a lot of their crafty counsel is through their laws, their legislation, through their health care system, which is a biological warfare. You have physical warfare, you have biological warfare, you have um, psychological warfare, and there's nothing new under the sun. There was a time when um, our brothers were uh, fighting for the American army and they were being drugged. Um, uh, I can't remember what the specific drug is at this time, but uh, it gave them syphilis um, and they only needed a shot of penicillin. To be healed, but you know, the army never told them that they were testing them. They were using the military as actually a testing ground because if you sign that that you know if you sign that um, if you sign that actual documentation, then they pretty much own you. So they they they're using you know jobs. They're using school. They're using army. They're using crafty counsel. So we wanted to show you. Now you may be thinking everybody's not out to get us. Why are you saying this? You're making me scared. We're not trying to scare you. We're trying to help you open your eyes so you can save these babies. It said all nations conspired against us. Now, why would that happen? We're going to show you why that would happen. We're going to Job. Job uh, 9 and 24 to show you why at every turn you have, there's a fall. There's a snare there in order for you to stumble. Why is that? Job 9 verse 24. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. Read that again. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. That's why. That's why the foods that's being published and sensationalized on television is unlawful. That's why they're, you know, they're promoting drug use. That's why they're promoting um, antidepressants and all these different types of drugs. Because the earth is given into the hand of the wicked. Turn on your television. It's clear. It's clear. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 24. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covered the faces of the judges thereof. If not, where and who is he? Right. So Satan covers the faces of the judges. So there's no righteous judgment. That's what this is saying. The healthcare system is not righteous. Uh, the law or the judiciary system is not justice. This isn't justice. It's just us is what it is. The whole earth is against God's people and those who want to follow the law. Read that uh, first part one more time, brother. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. Right. Now, why would they be looking to take us down and destroy us? We're going to show you. We're going to Romans. Let's go to Paul really quick. Romans uh, 9 and, uh, excuse me, Romans 4 and 13. We're going to show you why they're looking to war against us. Romans 4 verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world. Read that again. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Right. See, we're supposed to be heirs to the world. That's why they were looking to kill Moses at his birth. Remember, Moses' parents took saw fit to put him up and hide him on a river. See, as the parent, you have to make that decision to protect your child, even when they don't know they're being protected. Read that one more time, brother. 
Verse 13, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Right. So it wasn't because of the law or the Bible. It was our righteousness. It was our faith is the reason why we're going to rule the world. And that's why they're pushing the drugs in our communities, uh, the legal and illegal. Why did you think that a black man came up with cooking crack cocaine? Where, where would we have learned that from? You think we got chemistry sets? No, of course not. So they're teaching us these things, putting us into our communities. They're putting the legal drugs, the illegal drugs. They're putting the music there. They're looking to come against us because why? Because we are the heirs to the world. Nobody get attacked like Israel. And I, when I say Israel, I don't mean just black people or the Jews. The natives, the Negroes, the Hispanics, we're all being attacked and being demonized on a daily basis on television. Why? Because we're going to rule the world. We are going to rule the world. Read, Brother 14. Verse 14. For if they which are of the law be, heir, be heirs. Right. So they which are of the law, that's us. We're, we're the people in the law. We're the people in the Bible. We're the people who follow the law. Continue. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Right. So a promise is not a promise unless it's a promise. Meaning, I can't say I promise Brother Corey something. And then give it to, to Jet Li or Jackie Chan. It, it's, it don't work like that. It's not a promise. It's a promise if you give it to who you said you would give it to. So everybody's not going to receive the promise to be the heirs of the world. Abraham's children, Isaac, Jacob's children shall rule, shall be the heirs of the world. And that's why we're demonized on a high degree, by a high degree in the music, in the movies, in the media, in the news. We're always shown... In a degraded or diluted fashion. We're always angry. How they would want us to be seen. We always play the thug role. Or the robber role. Why can't we be in authority. In their media. Because they don't even want your mind to be there. They don't want your mind to start thinking. There's a promise to be to us. To those of the law. To the Israelites. Therefore they would try to take us down. Remember it said the, the world is given to the hand of the wicked. So Satan rules this world. And he have a problem with Christ. And since Christ have died and rose and is now in the kingdom, he, he can't attack Christ. So he what does he do? He attacks Christ's people. He have a problem with God. So he have a problem with God's people. So this is why they're doing exactly what they're doing. And we're going to prove it to you. We're going to Genesis chapter 1 and 11. Let's go back to the beginning really quick. Genesis 1 verse 11. And God said that the earth bring forth grass, that the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit as its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth and it will sow. Right. So this is saying a couple of things. The Most High gave us herbs to use. And notice that it says after its own seed. So if it don't have a seed, then the Most High didn't create that because how is it? How? Where did it come from? How is it living? So the things that we're supposed to be able to partake have seeds. Read that again, brother. Verse 11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. Right. Now we're going to read. We're going to jump down and read verse 29 and 30. We wanted to show you that Christ, uh, that the most high made the herbs for us to use as healing as for meat, which means to eat. We're going to read. Uh, verse 29 and 30. 
Genesis 1 and 29. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree, and the, and the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. Read that one more time. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree, and the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for a meat. Right, to prove to you that f- other things are meat. Meat, when it says meat, that means for consumption. So every time you see meat in the Bible, it's not talking about flesh. Meat is fruit, it's vegetables, that's meat. Continue, brother. Verse 30. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. Now, a lot of them Rastafarians, or uh, brothers who are looking to actually manipulate scripture to satisfy what their lust is, will use this scripture to say, see, it says he gave us, you know, all the green herbs. But the key part is it says for meat, which means to eat. So I understand that, you know, smoking weed is legal in certain states and all of that. But you cannot use this scripture here to, to say that God condones you smoking weed because this is not the herb he's talking about. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 30. Verse 30. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. To prove to you that it's supposed to be taken in a, you know, it's, it's for nourishment. That means, you know, like rosemary, uh, lemongrass, uh, those types of things. Um, thyme, those things are used for meat. They're, they're, it's actually healing. It's to heal you. You don't need medication. You don't need something synthetic. You need the herbs from the ground. That's what you need. Now, uh, we're not here to attack somebody because they have shortcomings. But you're not going to be able to use it. We're not going to allow you to use this scripture to say it's God gave you weed to smoke. Because if you start using the Bible that way, people aren't going to follow you. They're not going to listen to you because now you're manipulating scripture. If you if that's what you do, then that's just what you do. But don't try to use this scripture to say God is okay with it. See? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 30. And to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat and it was so. so see, so he gave us all the herbs. There was only one tree he told us to stay away from. We're going to read that. Genesis 2, 15 and 16 because it was something critical about this tree. Genesis 2, verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. Right. So he said, he, he told Adam, right? He have every tree of the garden that thou, may, that thou may eat. But there was one that he said we shouldn't eat. And we're going to go to Genesis 3 and 6 to prove to you which, well, let's actually, let's actually finish that scripture off. 17. Verse 17. But of the tree of knowledge and of, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eateth thereof, thou shalt surely die. Right. Now, did they die right then and there? No. But they died spiritually is what, what we're saying. They didn't die physically at that time. They did, of course, in, you know, in the future, future from this particular chapter in scripture. But what it's saying is he gave us all the trees and herbs to eat. 
except for one. And we're going to go into showing you that if if you if you partake in some a lot of these medications, it's going to shorten your life. And we're going to prove it because God wants the glory. He don't want you to. You have a brother or sister who've been sick for 35 years and somebody prescribed them a pill that make them better for 24 hours. And now what? The doctor gets the glory. Oh, yeah. You know, I think this is the he's the one. I feel my back feel a little bit better for 24 hours. Let us show you. Uh, Go to Genesis 3 and 6, brother. Genesis 3, verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. Now, we need to point out something. There's a lot of brothers and sisters out there saying that the tree was sex. It was intercourse. And this proves to you that it wasn't because it says the tree was good for food. This was food. This wasn't sex. Read that again, brother. Verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. Right. So this one, this tree was desired to make one wise. And they're dealing with a lot of these drugs now that open up your what you would call your pineal gland. So it actually, it was pleasant to the eyes. It was good. But what happened? It shortened their life. So a lot of these medications help for a time, but they will shorten your life. And that's what we're showing you, that Eve partaking, it was good to her, but it shortened her lifespan. So just because something feel good or is euphoric or it makes you feel better, it's, there's, a, there's, a, you know, there's a flip side to that. There's a flip side to that. So we just wanted to show you that just because something seems like it's good at this time, the flip side of that means, you know, it may shorten your life. You'll feel good for this year, but it's going to shorten your life by seven years. See, and anything that you can take too much of or overdose on is not of the most high. I myself, me and brother Corey can have 20 cups of dandelion uh, root tea and, and I won't even get a headache. You can drink four pitches of that. You take 20 aspirins and it's going to be your last headache. So those are man-made things. With the most high made for you to take, you can't overdose on it. There is no, you know, unsafe amount. It's it's all safe for you. We wanted to show you. We wanted to prove to you that, you know, that information, these uh, sicknesses, diseases, and uh, these medications came from that tree. That tree that opened up your pineal gland. A lot of brothers think, you know, they need to smoke weed or they need to take mushrooms and stuff to, to see the spiritual realm and all of that. No, you don't need that. You're already spiritual. You don't need that to become close to God. A lot of brothers think they can only read their Bible when they're high because it opens up their mind. And that's a trick from Satan because you're already spiritual. You don't need that at all. We're going to go to Exodus 22 and 18. Exodus chapter 22, uh, verse 18. Exodus 22, verse 18. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Read that again. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Now, who are your modern day witches? They, they called them witch doctors back in ancient times. Somebody who's cooking up a potion. Like when we were people, you couldn't you couldn't come to a brother or a sister and say, you know, I. I can't sleep tonight. Can you put some shavings in my water so I can sleep? No, no. That's a witch doctor. You can't deal with stuff like that. Potions. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 18. 
Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Now we know that there's good reasons for there's doctors that are of some use, but you cannot trust a doctor over you trust God or over trusting God. Because somebody who's cooking cocaine up and you know selling weed, that's a sorcerer, that's a witch. You you cooking things up, adding things to it, you know, that's witchcraft. So if you're selling drugs or creating drugs, then you're a witch. Now, are we saying go kill doctors? No, we're not saying that. You know, but during this time, if we found out you were dealing with some type of sorcery or necromancy or making potions or, or voodoo, you, you was going to be stoned. Of course, we, we, we're not promoting violence now. But we just wanted to show you when we were a people, this was not allowed. This was not allowed because why? If you let one homosexual into your community or you let one drug deal into it, it will spread. Because why? Because evil spreads faster than righteousness. Because we have that thing in us that just genetically wants to sin through our father, uh, Adam. Uh, read that again, brother. Verse 18. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. What is it? What, which, what kind of witch is it talking about? We're going to show you. We're going to go to Acts 19 and 18. We're going into Acts. New Testament. Acts 19 verse 18. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many also of them which used curious arts. Which did what? Used curious arts. Curious arts. Those curious arts is what you call, you know, the people who are putting together these uh, these synthetic drugs. And it comes out in the incinerary tongue. They're putting together drugs. They're putting together molecules, splitting atoms. Curious arts. Looking at side effects. Read that again, brother. Verse 19. Many also of them which use curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. Right. Now, this was after the, the disciples were healing. A lot of the people that practice these curious arts with these, uh, you know, these these drugs that they have created, they burned all their books because how are these men healing people, you know, and it's it's instant and it's you're healed for good. Not you have to take a pill every six hours. So once they saw this, they started to burn the books. And that's what we need to do. There's a book out there um, that's canonized and controlled through the government in the Roman Catholic Church. It has all the herbs in it. It's the book that Noah had. That he uh, shared with his children when they were being attacked and sick, uh, attacked by demons and spirits. There's a record out there. I, it escapes me at this point right now. But, you know, these people are using curious arts. That's witchcraft. That's necromancy. That's what these doctors are doing when they're cooking up things in the lab. Even these diseases, these diseases, all diseases come from a lab. Where was AIDS at during Bible times? Where was measles and mumps and chicken pox at in the 1800s? They are creating these campaigns within a lab and pushing it out to the world. Those who are, you know, we perish for a lack of knowledge. So we wanted to show you that witchcraft. They were using curious arts. The curious arts were to help people. So they say, oh, let me help heal you by giving you something, a little potion, a little drink. Let me mix something up. No, that's witchcraft. God cannot bless sin. And that's a sin. We're going to prove that to you. We're going to go to uh, we're going to go to uh, Galatians five and nineteen. We're going we're going to stay in your New Testament. Galatians five and nineteen. Galatians five verse nineteen. 
Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, and lasciviousness. lasciviousness. Adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, and innuings, murthers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of this which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So what, what we have to examine here is that the works of the flesh bring sickness. These things bring sickness. Read it from the top again, brother. Verse 20. Uh, verse, verse 19, excuse me. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these things? Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. All of these things bring forth sickness. The works of the flesh bring forth sickness. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go into the heat. We're going to go into your uh, strong concordance to show you that that word, what that word witchcraft was. We want to show you. We're going to give you some in-depth uh, understanding. So, brother, I need you to read Galatians 5 and 20 one more time. Galatians 5 verse 20. Adultery, witchcraft. Witchcraft. Now, when you look at that word witchcraft in your uh, concordance, it's, it gives you the Greek number 5331. What does that say, brother? The definition. Well, the Greek translations, pharmakeia. Pharmakeia. This word is pharmacy. That's the English word. Pharmacy. Witchcraft. Pharmacy. Pharmakeia. Uh, read the first definition, brother. The use or the administering of drugs. See, that was witchcraft. That was witchcraft. Pharmakeia was witchcraft in the Bible. To prove to you that, you know, them administering you, you know, vaccinations and all of these different types of drugs was a form of witchcraft. Pharmakeia. That's the heat, uh, excuse me, the Greek number G5331. So we wanted to show you that. Uh, actually, read number two and three also, brother. Number two. Poisoning. Number three, sorcery, magical arts, often found in connection with adultery and fostered by it. Right. See, that's sorcery. So pharmacy, pharmacia, administering drugs is sorcery. It's the magic arts or the curious arts. So the witchcraft in the Bible was talking about them dealing in the pharmacy, uh, dealing with pharmacia or witchcraft in the healthcare system. And that's why. You know, it's commanded of us that we wake up our people and help heal them. Now we're showing you how to be healed. We're showing you a few of the avenues to be healed. Number one is to stop with the witchcraft. Stop with the pharmacia, the pharmacy. Those things that are they're giving you, prescribing you, are the devil. We're going to prove it to you. Now we're going we're going to go back into our Bible. We're going to Second Peter two and twenty. We're going to read Second Peter two and twenty through twenty two. Second Peter 2 verse 20 For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Christ they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Right, see? So if you have the understanding of this world and these diseases and sicknesses and drugs and you put that down but yet you get entangled in them again you, you pick them back up then the latter it's going to be, you know, worse. You're going to end up in worse case than it was when you started because you already had the understanding. Read that one more time, brother. 
verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Continue. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of the righteousness than after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Right. So once you have the understanding that, you know, Sunday is not the day or pork is not good for you or the vaccinations are detrimental to your baby's health, your health also. Read that again, brother. Verse 21. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of the righteous than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Right. So it would be better if you never had understanding than for you to have the understanding and to go back. Now, remember the movie, The Matrix, he had the red pill, the blue pill. You can go back to sleep or you can continue in this journey. Which one are you going to do? Because a lot of brothers and sisters have the understanding of who they are and what the truth is, but it, it's overwhelming for them. And they, you know, a lot of them don't have a gathering. That's why there's no gathering. It's just them on their own. It, so they don't have crutches to help keep them up. That's why the Most High said, forsake not the gathering. Because if you know what's right and you go back, well, you know what? I, I'm going to start taking the, that medication. They said I need to take the diabetes medication or I'm going to get sick. No, you know that it's wrong. Don't pick that back up. Continue, brother. Verse 22. But it is happening to them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the soap that was washed... To her wallowing in the mirror. Now, those of us who have owned animals or a dog know that a dog will eat its own vomit. It'll throw it up and then go back and eat it. And that's what it's. That's what the similarity is. The analogy is you you threw it up. It you you kicked it out of your vessel. You said you know that's not good for me. It's not good. But yet you went and you ate it again. Read it again, brother. Verse twenty-two. But is but it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog has turned to his own vomit again. And the soul that was washed to her wallowing in the mirror. Right. To prove to you that if you go back to your old sins, you'll be worse than you were before. Now, we're going to show you that the healthcare system is um, the ideology behind that is really to expunge your bank account. It's really to just rob you blind. That's what it is. Because why? When you're sick, you're emotional. You're not thinking clearly. And that's exactly where they want you. Because because you're sick. You're emotional. We're telling you. You know, there, there's no cure. Meaning, I went to school. You didn't. If I say there's no cure, you definitely don't have a cure. You didn't go to school f for eight years. That's what they're saying. If I come to you and tell you there's no cure, th that means there's no cure that you could possibly have. Because I went to school for it. Don't pick these things back up. And I understand for, our, you know, the older generations. You know, our moms, our dads, our grandparents, they've been taking these medications for 20 years and it's hard for them it's now an addiction to them they're just addicted to actually doing it every day oh at this time I gotta take this pill and this I, you know my grandparents they used to have a uh, a little pill box that had the first day of each week and in that pill would have inside that specific box would have 10 different pills that they're supposed to take every day this is what the Most High is saying once you have the understanding of what it is that's making you sick do not go back to it we're going to Luke 8 and 41 Luke chapter 8 verse 41. Luke 8 verse 41. And behold, there came a man named La Lazarus. Uh, yes. There came a man named Lazarus and he was ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Christ's feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter about 12 years of age and she lay a dying. 
But as he went to the people throng, but as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her livings upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. Right, see, so this woman, she lived amongst physicians. She was always dealing with the doctors. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 43. And a woman having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her livings upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. Right, she spent all of her money on physicians. So she was sick. It said it says she was sick for years. Right? And she spent all her money. She expunged her bank account trying to be healed by these physicians. When Christ healed you one time and that, that's it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 43. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came beside him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue was blood uh, her issue of blood stinks. Right. So immediately, instantaneously, she was healed through the faith and through touching Christ. She it just said she, she spent all her living upon physicians. See, this is what they'll keep you alive long enough to drain your bank account. They know that, you know, OK, well, you, you know, if, they, if you got some assets, then, you know, we'll keep giving you medicine. We'll just draw you out until you run out of cash. And then once you run out of cash. We'll have to cut you off. We'll have to put you in hospice or say, you know what? There's no more that we can do. You know, it's up to the Lord. It's always been up to the Lord. So we wanted to bring you, you know, show you this particular passage because this woman was sick for 12 years and spent her entire life, her entire savings with these physicians and none of them healed her. But Christ is the only healing. You have to you have to deal with the Bible, deal with the most high, your fasting, your praying. Your obedience. That's the only thing that's going to change this. A doctor can't change you. We're going to go to uh, Luke 13. Just a few chapters over. We're going to read 10 through 17. Luke 13 verse 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold. Read that again brother. Verse 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Teaching on the Sabbath again. Mm -hmm. Verse 11. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. A what? A woman that had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. To prove to you that it was a spirit. And see, was, see? To prove to you that it was a spirit. It's a spirit. These sicknesses and ailments is a demon. It's a spirit. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together. And could in no wise lift up herself. And when Christ saw her, he called to her. He called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And did what? Glorified God. See, the glory have to go to the Most High, not to your doctor. That's why he's not allowing your doctor to give you this information. Continue, brother. Verse 14. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because the Christ had healed on the Sabbath day. So they were angry. They were furious with Christ because he healed. Continue, brother. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Christ had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord then answered and said, Thou hypocrite. 
Doeth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to the water? Right. So don't you. He's asking you, you hypocrite, because who in here won't go nourish their, you know, their cattle, their animals on the Sabbath? Are, are you not feeding your, your you know, are you not feeding your cattle on the Sabbath? You're not giving them water. Continue, brother. Verse 16. And ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound. Read that again. And ought not, not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound. See, Satan used sickness as a bond, as a bind to hold you down. Read that again, brother, because see, this is what they don't want you to know. The Satan used the sickness mm-hmm. to prevent you from doing your work. Mm-hmm. Read that again, brother. Verse 16. And ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound, lo, these 18 years be loose. From this bond on the Sabbath day. Right. So Christ is saying she was here for 18 years and y'all just looked at her. Y'all just stepped over her. You wasn't even interested in her being healed. So it's right. to If, you, if your work is righteous, you can work on the Sabbath. If you're doing something for the most high. This was righteous. This was righteous. Continue, brother. Verse 17. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were shamed. And all the people rejoice for all the glorious things that were done by him. Right. So even though people are trying to mock you and attack you, you know why you're doing things. You know, don't allow somebody who's not even following the Sabbath correctly or at all to come and tell you what you're doing is wrong because you may be trying to help a brother or sister. And that's why, I, you know, I'm not going to see a brother out on the Sabbath and then hit him up and say, I've had a brother come up to me and say, you know, we're out teaching on the Sabbath and he'll come and say, brother, is, is that a... Is that a uh, is that a Dunkin' Donuts cup in your hand? Is that a Safeway coffee in your hand? I'm like, yeah, brother, it is. I'm out here teaching my people. Uh, if I need something to keep me warm, <laughs> okay, so I can carry on to teach my brothers and sisters, that's what I'm gonna do. What, what are you doing out here, though? What, what are you what are you what are you doing? You got bags in your hand, brother. Where are you going? So it's right to do good on the Sabbath. If that work is good. You can do that on the Sabbath. But just to show you that those in the church don't even want you to be healed. Why? Because they need you to keep sowing your seed, your money for a healing. Even a healing that will never come. Because you haven't changed your obedience. Continue, brother. Verse 18. Uh, 17 again, I'm sorry. Verse 17. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Right. We're going to Luke 17 and 21. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Luke 7 and 21. Luke 7, verse 21. And in that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits. To prove you that these sicknesses are evil spirits, these infirmities, these plagues, these are evil spirits. Continue, brother. Verse 21. And in that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits. And unto many that were blind, he gave sight. So you have to have the understanding that sickness and disease, these are actual demonic spirits. And what? They're cunning. Why? Because they know when to tone down. So when it's being seen, it'll go away for a little bit. It'll die down in order for you to think, oh, no, nothing's wrong. Everything's good. These are demons. These are demons. And you got to have the understanding, the origin of how they got in. Because if you don't give them a way in, this is the best preventative maintenance. 
you're not going to give me a vaccine that's going to make me not get sick. I don't need you to give me something to prevent me from catching a cold. Now, if I catch a cold, then I'll come to you. I'll see you then. But you're not going to give me something that's going to prevent me from being sick. Because I, if I'm sick, then I know it's a demon there. There's a spirit that, not, that, that have to be cleansed. If you, if you just keep giving me, give us something for the, um, you know, for the side effect, then how do I know what the issue is or that there's an issue? Because I'm taking the medication. If you see the sickness, then you know there's a spiritual, there's a spiritual uh, fix for this. They'll never teach you this. We're going to Mark 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 1 through 8. Remember, evil spirits, are sicknesses come from evil spirits. Mark 5, verse 1. And they came over into the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the, to- out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. See? He had an unclean spirit. Continue, brother. Verse 3. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could blind him. No, not the chains. Right. So this man had an unclean spirit. He was bipolar. He was so-called crazy, where they couldn't even bind him with chains. Chains couldn't even hold this brother. His mind, he had a demon in him. Continue, brother. Verse 4. Because that he had been often bound with feeders and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the feeders broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And And always night and day... He was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones to prove to you that this is what demons want you to do. When you feel like you need to do that to prove to you that those medications that say, you know what? I know you, you, you took the medication because, you know, you were depressed. But now nah, I want you to go in the room and blow your brains out. That's a demon. Something that's going to make you want to kill yourself or hurt yourself is a demon. Continue, brother. Verse six. But when he saw Christ afar off. He came and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Christ, thou son of the most high God? I admire thee by God, that thou torment me not. To prove to you that this isn't an agreement. This isn't an exorcist. These demons are in total subjection. Continue, brother. Verse 8. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. See? Continue, brother. Verse 9. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. See? See, he had many demons in him. Many unclean spirits. And that's what you see that a lot of that walking around today. There's more people on, you know, these psychotropics out here that have you, you know, lose your mind. Make you think that what's real isn't real. That was, that's what was going on. Christ spoke directly to the spirit. We keep going to these scriptures because we want you to see that Christ didn't ask him, oh, you know, well, how's your stomach feeling? And, you know, how's your breathing? No, nah. he spoke. He dealt directly with the spirit. There's something there. You got to deal with the spirit. Don't deal with the side effects. Deal with the spirit. Go to Matthew 17 and 21. We want to hit this again. Matthew 17, verse 21. How be it, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Right. Remember, certain diseases and sicknesses only can go out through fasting and prayer. So always keep that in your back pocket for your friends, your family, your loved ones. Listen, dad, granddad, you know, I know they're saying this is incurable, but let's let's do a fast. Let's do a seven-day fast where you just deal with bread and water. 
Let's try to starve this thing out. Because, I mean, what, what else do you... What else, if you let somebody shoot radiation into your body, then you might as well just go on a fast and prayer to try that out too then. If you would let somebody right out put, you know, sterilize you in that fashion, then why not try this? That's because people have no faith. Remember, you must have faith to be healed. We want to show you about the fasting. We're going to touch this fasting really quick and we're going to close it out. We want to show you that Christ used fasting. We're going to Matthew, excuse me, Matthew 4, verse 1 through 11. Matthew 4 and 1. Then was Christ led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. We're going to show you how to contend with evil spirits. Continue. Verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Read that again. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungry. Why was he fasting? Because this is how this is your push up for the spirit. A lot of us, we, you know, we will lift weights. We do push ups, pull ups, chin ups. Right. But what can you do for the spirit fasting? Remember, Christ was going to be killed after this. So he had to go on a fast to build him up spiritually. Therefore, he would be strong enough to withstand the onslaught that was going to be brought to him by Satan. Read that again, brother. Verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungry. And when the tempter, and when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. See, this is what they don't want you to know. That's the big secret. That there's another life source. There's another life source other than food. The, this word. We've gone on fast. And after about you know the third or fourth day, you're not even hungry no more. You're actually clear-minded and keen, quick, enthused, excited. Because usually what? After you satisfy your flesh come what? Sleep. A lot of times you don't even need sleep. You know, lay down, power nap, cat nap real quick. Lay down for an hour and back up. This is what's going on. Usually after you're done satisfying your flesh, come eating and sleeping. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up. And lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. To prove to you that just because you know scriptures don't mean you had a spirit of the most high God. Because who knows scriptures better than all of us? Satan. Satan understands scriptures. And he's trying to, now he's, he's tempting Christ. Now, Christ is saying, listen, I'm not going to, I'm fasting. I'm not going to break my commitment to the Most High God. Because why? There's another life, life source outside of food. And if you're following the Most High, He'll direct you when you need to nourish yourself. A lot of times when we eat, it changes our mindset. You know, if I'm doing some work, I'm like, you know what, just give me a bottle of water, a few grapes or something, I'm good. You know, I'm not going to have a large meal because then... It affects, you know, my work. It affects how I think. Now I'm looking to lay down. I'm looking, you know. So try to withstand that onslaught. Continue, brother. Verse 7. Christ said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. 
to prove to you that the hand is the world is given to the hand of the wicked. How could Satan show him all these kingdoms? To prove to you that Satan will give you rulership if you follow him. Continue, brother. Verse nine, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship. Now me. that's key because Satan desired to be worshipped. So if Satan wants to be worshipped, that means he have holidays. Just like the Most High have holy days. He have Sunday worship. Just like the Most High have Sabbath. He mimics the Most High. See, Satan, he, he has a desire to want to be worshipped. So if you're going to worship him, that means he have a specific way. Certain foods he wants you to eat. You're not just doing this out, you know, the freeness or the freedom of your heart. Satan is, he's ushering you into the worship. Continue, brother. <clears throat> Verse 10. Then said Christ unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Right, so when it says they came and ministered to him, they, the angels came to help Christ recover. Because Christ was getting ready to die. He was so weak, he had eaten in so long, that he was going to die. He was next to death. And Satan comes to you when you're at your weakest, tempting you. Hey, why don't you just take that? Just, you know, just do the crap one more time. Just put it up your nose one time. You'll be okay. See, this is what's going on. We want to show you a few different forms. We got about six more scriptures. We want to show you a few different forms of fasting because there's a few different ways you can fast. We're going to go to Exodus 34 and 28. Exodus chapter 34, verse 28. Exodus 34, verse 28. And he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. Read that again. And he did neither eat bread or drink water. And he wrote upon the tables the word of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. See? So this is a form of fasting, not eating or partaking in any water. Just, you know, just dealing with the Most High. He's telling you that the word is a life source. So when you feel like you're getting too hungry... Or you're getting off, you know, you're not even killed or your equilibrium may be off. Go into the scriptures. Go into the scriptures because that's that life source. I, when I'm dealing with the Bible, a lot of times hours are going flying by and I'm like, dang, it's, it's nine o'clock already. I ain't even, I'm, you know, <laughs> we're just reading. We learn it. Satan don't want you to know that there's another life source. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 28. And he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tables the word of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Right. Now we're going to Daniel 10 and 2 to show you another form of fasting. Daniel chapter 10, verse 2. Daniel 10, verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all. Till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Right. That means that Daniel was saying that he he was going to stay away from the things that he really loved. Now, we're saying that because you may have women, you understand, who are pregnant and they're not able to, you know, to do a fast or, or you know, they need the nutrients. They can't just not eat. Right. So you can do a fast where there's things that you are, are delicacies, a delicatessence to you. And you just stay away from that. You know what? I, I really love ice cream or them brownies that I've been eating every day. You know, I'm just I'm not going to do I'm going to do away with that. I'm not going to have no wine. I, I love wine. But for the next month or next three weeks, I, I'm not going to eat any wine because you're depriving yourself is showing your obedience to the most high God. 
I, I want to connect with you. I need understanding. Therefore, I'm going to deprive my flesh. It says he didn't even anoint himself, which means he was ashy and all that. He didn't even put on no oil or nothing like that. So he didn't even pamper himself. Read that one more time, brother. Verse three. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all. So three whole weeks were fulfilled. See, he did this for three weeks. A lot of us acting like we can't go 24 hours. That's Satan tricking your mind. How many of us have, you know, our people have died from sickness, but have never done a fast. Try it out. It builds you spiritually. It strengthens you. It strengthens your spirit. It strengthens your belief and faith. You spending that time with the most high and not and just depriving yourself. You're clear headed. He's 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 connecting with you. He's communicating with you. We're going to go to Tobit 12 and 8 in the apographer. Tobit 12 verse 8. I'm going to close it out. Tobit 12 verse 8. Prayer is good with fasting. Read that again. Prayer is good with fasting and alms and righteousness. A little with righteousness is better than much with unrighteousness. It is better to give alms than to lay up gold. Right. Prayer is good with fasting. Right. See, that's what it's saying. So as you're fasting, you should be praying. You should be reading your scripture, alms and righteousness. That means dedicate something to the most high, whether it be, you know, uh, your time, your money. Give up some type of reverence to the most high because it says it says what little with righteousness is better than much without unrighteous with unrighteousness, which means we may not have much, but we're righteous and we're better. and We're going to live longer and more healthy or not more healthy, but healthier than those who have much but are living unrighteous. A lot of these people, they get money, become somebody celebrities. Then they start eating more pork, more shrimp, more crab, more lobster. So you, you flipped. Prayer is good with fasting. Don't just not eat. You have to be in contact. Remember, he said some spirits only go out through prayer and fasting. They come hand in hand. So this is something you're going to want to do. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 7 and 5 to show you another fast that you can do. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 5. Excuse me. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 5. Defraud you not one the other, except it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for your incontinence. So actually, we're going to read verse four so we can get some uh, some context on that. Verse four, the wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise, also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud you not one the other. Except it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for your incontinence. Right. So during your fast, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be dealing with the pleasure that comes with sleep, which is intercourse. So if you're fasting, that means you're fasting from intercourse also. That's what this is saying. So that's another fast. That's something else you can include into your fast. Is okay. You know what? You and your wife said we're going on a three or four day fast. Then okay, you go on that fast, and you don't deal in you know pleasuring your flesh because this is the time that you set aside for the Most High, not to be pleasuring yourself. You got every other day to do you know what you want to do, but when you make a 
you know, when you make an agreement with the Most High to fast, then you're going to want to stay away from this also. Uh, we got one more scripture and then we're going to close it out. Ecclesiasticus chapter 34. Going into the Apographer, not Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiasticus. 34 and 25. We're going to read 25 and 26. Ecclesiasticus 34 verse 25. He that washes himself after the touching of a dead body, if he touch it again, what availeth his washing? Which means if you put down that sin, that sickness, that medication, and then you pick it up, then there was no reason to put it down. You're just wasting your time. You're on a treadmill. You're running, but you're going nowhere. Read that again, brother. Verse 25. He that washes himself after the touching of a dead body, if he touch it again, what availeth his washing? So is it with a man that fasted for his sins and goeth again and doeth the same, who will hear his prayer? Or what doeth his humbling prophet him? Right. So, you know, you're dealing maybe with homosexuality or unclean thoughts. Then you go on a fast. You can be healed from homosexuality. Fast. Declare that you're not going to satisfy yourself. Fasted. Don't eat anything, right? But if you go back after the fast and pick it back up, you're going to be you're going to be ten times worse. What was the avail of being baptized if you know of your sins and repenting if you were going to pick up those same sins once again? Read twenty five and twenty six again, brother. Verse twenty five. He that washeth himself after the touching of a dead body. If he touch it again, what availeth his washings? So is it with a man that fasteth for his sins and goeth again and doeth the same. Who will hear his prayer? Or what doeth his humbling profit him? Right. So if you, you know, you've done some type of sin or you know you were wrong about something, you want to make it up to the most high, you go into a fast. And then you, you know, your fast is complete. And then you go back into the same, uh, the same behavior that you were before that caused you too fast, then, you know, that's almost idiocracy because you, you, you continuously do the same thing, expecting a change. So it says, if you touch a dead body and then you wash up and then go back to it, then what does that avail? Nothing. So once you put down these medications, you have the understanding, you put down the fo- the foods that could be cursed and have demons in it. Once you start to fast, once you start to turn away from the sin and give your obedience, don't turn back. Because if you turn back, you're going you're gonna to decline at a rapid rate. And, you know, today's lesson was healing in the healthcare system. And we talked about, uh, traditionally, we talked about healing. We talked about uh, the pandemonium in the healthcare system. Uh, and we identified the origin of sicknesses and we proved that there's no such thing as an incurable disease. We want to say shalom and kwam yashallah. Kwam yashallah.